I would say you sound like a wounded duck, but that would be welcomed here. So I'm trying to figure out how can I get you to leave. Trumpeter swan. <laughs> Drum even, roll, please. What even happens in that book? There's just, there's, I always forget how books end. The one by E.B. White? Yeah. How does it end? Yeah. He finds a mate. Find a mate, dear boy. Find a mate. Watching that movie now... It's, it was totally, like, it's not inappropriate to watch as kids, but there's so many moments, like, the first time I watched it as an adult, I was like, oh, that's what they're singing about. Uh, the visuals of that movie are what very What does love good. have to do with getting married? We are not a liberty to say. <laughs> Anyways, we're not here to talk about Slipper in the Rose. Have we talked about Slipper in the Rose? We haven't actually talked about <gasps> Slipper in the Rose. A pox on ye. I know, I know. It's a vastly underrated movie. Underrated? And you know why? It's what? because you haven't been out there telling people about this movie. <laughs> here ye, here, ow! He's, I just threw my He smoked trumpet. me. I don't know. We should do a Christmas tune. Because guess what? <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah! <laughs> okay, why don't you do your thing? The Cultivation of Christmas Trees by T.S. Eliot There are several attitudes towards Christmas, some of which we may disregard. The social, the torpid, the patently commercial, the rowdy, the pubs being open till midnight, and the childish, which is not that of the child for whom the candle is a star and the gilded angel spreading its wings at the summit of the tree is not only a decoration, but an angel. The child wonders at the Christmas tree. Let him continue in the spirit of wonder at the feast as an event not accepted as a pretext so that the glittering rapture, the amazement of the first remembered Christmas tree, so that the surprise, delight, in new possessions, each one with its particular and exciting smell, the expectation of the goose or turkey, and the expected awe on its appearance, so that the reverence and the gaiety may not be forgotten in later experience, in the bored habituation, the fatigue, the tedium, the awareness of death, the consciousness of failure, or in the piety of the convert, which may be tainted with self-conceit. Displeasing to God and disrespectful to children, and here I remember also with gratitude St. Lucy, her carol, and her crown of life, so that before the end, the 80th Christmas, by 80th meaning whichever is last, the accumulated memories of an annual emotion may be concentrated into a great joy, which shall be also a great fear, as on the occasion, when fear came upon every soul, because the beginning shall remind us of the end, and the first coming of the second coming. Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp, 
brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. I think it's it's absolutely fantastic that he wrote this poem because the amount of conversations I have been having about whether it's good and proper to have a Christmas tree or to have gifts and whether children should be having joy this time of year. Really? Yep. I've had way too many of these conversations. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's a little depressing because um, I, I just think turn to this poem and it should be able to summon the the correct attitude towards Christmas and the festivities. Yeah. For we would not want to, for we would want to disregard the attitudes of the social, the torpid, the patently commercial, and of course the rowdy, but also the childish, which I, I, I love that he, he basically smacks almost everybody's, every mainstream view of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um... But, of course, what he's talking about is, is having not a childish faith, but a childlike faith. Yes. And, and it's just how he weaves together everything and how it ends, of course, with the great joy, which is also a great fear, which is the, you know, the realization of who God is and the fact that the, the first coming is is just a, a marker of the second coming that that is right. to come. So it's uh, he talks about time and and in everything in here. So and it's a short poem. It's very nice. Yeah. You, you could memorize this poem if you wanted to. Yeah, that would be great for at Christmas parties. Yes. I think Christmas parties would be improved by having more readings, more poetry, more 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 moreness. More classical in nature. Well, well, I think the thing is, though, we need to cultivate the soul. And that is what we're trying to do here at Ducks Never Waver. Cultivate, here, here. cultivate a soul. Yay, verily, yay. Like a fine oyster. Yay, verily, yay. Now doth he flower with true nobility. Yay, verily, yay. Reveal him now to his sovereign lays. Yay, verily. Yeah. How do you cultivate an oyster? You basically plop it in the water and you wait 50 years. I don't think you wait that long, but you could. It'd be a big oyster. It sounds nice if it's it's like a hot tub. No, I think the good oysters come from cooler waters. I know, it is actually. They're like, it's been really frigid. The oysters are super happy. And I'm like, oh, glad I'm not an oyster. Well, may I be so converted and see with these eyes? I cannot tell. I think not. I will not be sworn, but love may transform me to an oyster. We're talking about a lot of different things. Yeah. And we're, we're doing the, um, what are we doing? We're talking about getting into the Christmas spirit of things. How. Three avenues. Avenues of enjoyment. enjoyment. Yeah. There we go. Enjoying Christmas. Uh, that being music is really typically associated with this season there is specific music very ultra specific music very specific like it is the only time of year you can listen to certain songs in my opinion (laughs) in almost everybody's opinion 
And uh, we're going to be talking about books or written words more like uh, like Eliot mm-hmm. um, and his poems. And we're going to be talking about movies, which I think is another thing that people love to pull out. Well, what I think is interesting is the fact that there's special music and special movies and then special words we speak is it is it is a celebration that is a remembrance mm-hmm. right and it's it because because Christ becoming incarnate and coming down to earth is such a big deal mm-hmm. it would make sense that things that the commemoration yeah. would be very different from the rest of the year well, if we're going to touch upon the secular Christmas a little bit, yeah, um, it doesn't make sense. No, right? Right. I just it just is incongruous mm-hmm. because at best you're saying happy birthday, Jesus. Right for for non-believers for like a, a secular. But why a, why would you then if you don't? Well, care? just like because so many people believed in him oh. that it changed the face of history, whether it's true or not. Oh, okay. So it's kind so of it's a, like it's, a historic, it's, it's like a, a great battle was won. So you kind of like you remember yeah, that day. Yeah, you're gonna be. It's kind of but like. But then why the whole build up? That doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you then? Oh, but it doesn't we, make sense. But the thing is, though, <laughs> because because the Christmas story is true, there's a part in every human being that wants it to be true. Mm-hmm. It needs it to be true. Right. So even if you are secular, you're like, well, at least it's a festive time. I was like, yeah. well, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean festive yeah, and, time? And why be happy? I uh, just kind of wanted to touch on, too. Like, I blame Dickens. No. It's probably You're allowed to blame Dickens. Uh, but uh, he... It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best of podcasts. It was the worst of podcasts. That could be our tagline. <laughs> Both things are true at the same time. Indeed, verily, yay. <laughs> yay, verily, yay. This like having to feel ha- super happy, and now I, I, I don't know if like maybe your experience. This year kind of struck me as weird that people are like, it's almost cool to not be happy at Christmas. Of like, oh, the holidays are so hard. Like, is that... Oh, Have busy. you noticed, like, this, very busy. The, it's so busy, it's so busy. It's like all the people whining about motherhood or fatherhood or, like, I don't know, like, making this sound... Anyways, that's a side tangent. Well, we're allowed to have side tangents. Okay, well, it just seems sometimes there's these things that have been, like, said, like, oh, you're supposed to be f- feel happy all the time, and then people are like, oh, we can't feel happy all the time, so the pendulum swings the other way of, like, oh... This sucks, and we're so busy, and it's so hard. Where I'm like, if you're just depending on your emotions, of course you're going to just, like, swing back and forth of, like, thinking you have to feel like you're super happy all the time. And then when you're like, no, I can't feel happy all the time, then you're going to swing over and say, oh, I don't have to feel happy, and this is the worst. And, and I'm like, that, that's a passing emotion as well. And so I guess what I was... I don't know if that's a weird way of saying that if you're not feeling particularly, you know, holly jolly during Christmas and yet you're using it as a time to remember the the birth of Christ, that's fine. Like, well, you know I think what I mean? You... Like, you don't have to drum up all this 
Oh, it's not a drumming up. I think, yeah, you've touched upon something. And that is, we have a culture that one, one of the, the highest gods you can serve is the god of happiness. I just want to be happy. That's mm-hmm. how we justify the, oh, the ramp, rampant divorce rates. Yeah, I just want to right? be happy. Just as long as I'm happy, then that justifies everything else. So we have the god of happiness. So as long as you're happy, that's good. But then what we find out is that it's really hard to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's especially hard to be happy when you're told to be happy. Yeah. So people are like, oh, it's Christmas. Get in the Christmas spirit. We're supposed to be happy. And it's very hard to be. Yeah. And it, it feels like we're doing all these things to be happy. And it's kind of like when you're a kid and summer vacation is getting over. And you're like, quick, <laughs> let's have as much fun as possible. Yeah, that Calvin and, and, and Hobbes cartoon. Is like, where like, they just start running. Where they just start running. And Hobbes is like, what are we doing? We're having fun. Quick, have fun. You're not having fun fast enough. We yeah. got to... And it is, and Hobbes is like, this isn't fun Who knew at all. fun <laughs> would so much work? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And who knew that being joyous was so much work? Yeah. No, there is a, there is a part of being joyous that is work, or at least diligent perseverance. Mm-hmm. But the call to be joyous doesn't come from nothing. It is, look at what Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. And the appropriate response is awe, joy, great fear. Yes. Right? Yeah. That was, I was all in the poem we read earlier. Yeah. Um, because that's just the, the proper response for the greatest gift, which is which is life. It can become depressing if we think that we're going to get that life yeah. and that joyousness from inside ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It has to be extrinsic, not intrinsic. Yes. About chickens, we're talking about eggs. <laughs> may I compartmentalize? I hate to, but may I? May I? <laughs> Is our language a function of our British cynicism, tolerance, resistance to false emotion, humor, and so on? Or do those qualities come extrinsically, extrinsically, <laughs> and from the language itself? It's a chicken and egg problem. We're talking about chickens, we're talking about eggs. So, with that being said, though, um, we, we have some things picked out to drum up. Um, false happiness in you. False happiness. Yep. Make you feel the spirit. <laughs> well, at the very least, make us very happy. And how we look, we look at least I look forward to these things uh, every year and uh, enjoying it. I'm, I'm not an overtly Christmassy person. Mm-hmm. I will admit I'm a bit of like, eh, you know. A bit I, of a Scrooge. Well, I listen to a lot of other music besides Christmas music. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Yeah. Uh, but I do like Christmas music. One little side note, though, like our transition there was like, oh, the, the here's it? the stuff to drum up the, the feelings. That was like not uh, it true. It was sarcasm. It was sarcasm. But there, <laughs> I will say that there are people who don't understand sarcasm. <laughs> okay, some people don't get sarcasm. Because they have not yet been around Megan long enough. But. <laughs> Am I really that bad? Yes. <laughs> okay. You're worse than that. Oh. Okay, so you're saying that we, I'm just we did saying a hard, that hard transition. People don't understand my sarcasm. So what do you want to explain? I just want to explain that out of that response of joy, we can enjoy the good gifts yeah. of this world and Which enjoy music. Which is why we music. give gifts with each other, right? Yes. Like to, to each other, not... I, I don't know how I said it. We, we give gifts to... I'm a joy and a delight. I'm a gift to everybody who meets me. <laughs> you are a gift. Yeah. Uh, no, that's why we give uh, physical gifts. Uh, We give gifts of our time at parties and such, uh, and we enjoy the good gifts 
that we have given on on earth what what we're going to talk about is some of these uh, good things good things let's start with music enjoy. so let's start with music we're going to start with um we're going to rank these kind of sorta and uh we're going to start with a winter solstice specifically number four from the wind hem wind wind hub <laughs> wind ham hill artists So why did this this make the list? I don't know. Why you don't know. It? Okay. So I think you need we, we need to have on our list something that is a little bit softer, tinkly background party music and like more mellow, mild acoustical. So this is the kind of music that everybody who's having a fun time mm-hmm. can ignore. And the one person who's really sad and yeah. shunted socially can sit in the corner and yes. enjoy. Or if you just like want to have like a peaceful time making popcorn garland, which I really want to do because I just want to eat popcorn. Do like you the remember? Other day I was I was just thinking today. I was like, oh, we didn't make popcorn garland, and I really want to make popcorn. We've garland. never made popcorn garland. In fact, <laughs> the only time I've ever really seen it is old Yancey Derringer. Yes. Uh, short, and I was like. 
celebrated diff- uh, it so differently. They hung the dog up in the tree, and now it's a little puppy, a little gift right in the tree. <laughs> You're like, whoa, I want Christmas like this. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, uh, this is still really good just to sit and listen to, and I like what they have on their CDs. Like, it's a nice mix of classical and, like, class like classical music, like Sheep May Safely Graze, Trumpet Tune, Rain from the Four Seasons, and then also, like, your classic... We Three Kings, Angels We Have Heard on High, that sort of stuff. So it's a really nice blend of of songs, and they have really interesting arrangements. Okay. No, this is an aside. Yeah, go ahead. But it's related. Sure. Because it's about music. Why is it that when carols are sung on the radio, they're always sung without any vigor? I think is it... Vigor... Do you recognize him? No. But he was young and vigorous. He was very vigorous, Father. Yeah, because when you... There's no heart. No, there, it, it doesn't really seem like it, because when you hear a professional choir sing the Messiah, and so mm-hmm. there's a lot of vigor in it, right? Mm-hmm. The, it has punch. Mm-hmm. But when these people sing, like, Angels We Have Heard on High, it's just like, well, a very wise music teacher taught me once, um, if you don't believe it, you're not going to sing it well. Mm. Singing is acting. Yeah. Which, shocker, there's a whole genre of music acting. Right. Musicals, musical theater, right? Uh, why do you think so many... I thought you were going to say mysteries, but... I know. I almost did, but, you know, action movies, westerns, uh, there's that sarcasm again. I'm, I'm trying to rein it in, Edwin. Good. Don't, can't you tell? <laughs> uh, where was I? Reining uh, it in. No, the, before that. <laughs> that's helpful. Wise music teacher, you're believing what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I, I think, uh... Yeah, I, I think that there's that acting and whether you like literally believe what you're singing or you're in a character that believes what you're singing. Um, oh, I was going to say, like, why do you think so many singers have tried acting or have become actors? And why so many actors have tried to do singing? Because uh, the mediums are closely related. Okay. And... Uh, Without knowing specifically who you're talking about and what you're you're speaking of, I would say sometimes it feels like they're just trying to sing it because everybody needs to have a Christmas album, and they've not really made it their own song. They've not put any in you know interesting interpretation besides trying to show off their virtuosic. It doesn't even come across like that. It just no, comes it across just like they don't beat. believe it. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Just, just flat. Don't. Yeah. It could be the orchestration too. Like well, the I mean, arrangement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all connected, but I, there's it also just seems like they want to sing. Also, when you hear uh, classical Christmas t- carols, like some of the times, it just like they're they're sung. They're sung without believing it, like "Deck the Halls with Boughs," like. Or um, "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen," mm-hmm. like all those things, like they're sung in such a way. 
that they come off dopey and mm-hmm. and hokey, hokey, yeah. but they don't have to be. Yeah, I love going caroling. I think I think that's something we need to bring yes. back. Oh, we do caroling. Well, oh, you mean just like, like as a, as a society like, of like trying to get money? Yes, I like that idea. Yeah, it's like give us give us food or give us mm-hmm. money. Yeah, like that used to be. Here we go, a wassailing. Yes. Uh, where you would just sing as obnoxiously as you could so people would pay you to go away. <laughs> well, that was A Winter Solstice, specifically number four, but there's a whole collection of these CDs uh, by the, the Winham Hill artists, and I've enjoyed all of them. That was our five minutes, by the way. Okay. okay. Well, let's stop bloviating and cut N- to the chase. Next one is Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass Christmas Album. this one edwin it's, it's joyous it's got trumpets mm-hmm. it got all the things you need to uh, the fun thing about the tijuana brass is is it's it's got a catchy groove yeah. it's all instrumental mm-hmm. it, very enjoyable it just puts a um, smile on your face like yeah. it just like is happy like i was listening to this the other day and i was like it's just happy music uh and it's yeah it's got a sense of humor to it like there's a yeah. They always do some cheeky things with the trumpet and it's Yeah, they uh they play around with the song. It, it's not yes. quite jazz, but they do play around with the the melodies and so on. Yes, yeah. Some repeated notes and yeah. so on. If you like jazz and you should like jazz, I uh, mm-hmm. don't know what's wrong with you. If you don't I don't like honestly what's wrong with you. So many things. Okay. But the um, one I thing really... that is not wrong with me is my love for jazz. Ah, I really like Winter Marsalis. Mm-hmm. He has a, a couple Christmas albums, and those are super duper good. Yeah, um, and those those are um, more jazz, like jazzy. Yeah. I always feel weird saying jazzy because people are just like, oh, there's like I don't know. 
Well, it feels like a, like a, jazz does cover a range of music because yeah. of course you have swing and you have big band, you got yeah. bop, hard bop, smooth jazz, which is like soft rock, and mm-hmm. so really it's it's hard to say oh it, this is jazz and for people to know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and all that jazz. And all- Jazz. Um, so this is one that I think we had for years, and I never really listened to it. And then we, the mom was playing something, and I was like, oh, "What CD is that?" And then she pulled out the case, and I was like, "Really? That's that's what? Oh, I just thought that was something else. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't look yeah. like what it sounds like to me. Like, it's a nice case and everything. I don't know why I'm talking about the cover so much." <laughs> The thing you can't see. <laughs> the thing that you... <laughs> is carols from the old and new worlds. Okay. Um, by Theater of Voices, Paul Hillier is the director. So give us a sampling. I'll do my best. No, no, no. I mean, just tell us what's on the CD. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be really cool, though, if you edited a medley. I will try. I will try to do a medley. That would be um, really awesome. Just like you'd like, be like the DJ of the podcast. So there's like tunes from Daniel Reed, traditional American. Uh, there's uh, Joy to the World. One of my favorite ones is the Apple Tree. Uh, that one is super fun. So there's a lot of um, like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but there's it's like a traditional American tune. Mm. There's there's gonna be there's songs, tunes like there's songs, be you, songs know you know, but different, different tunes way. because like they're older tunes. 
Uh, and there's going to be some songs that you didn't know at all and you wish that you had known because it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like talking about singing traditional carols with gusto, they've got gusto. That's what I'm asking like, for. You believe every single word and you believe that they are loving singing every word. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes you want to sing along. And I think even in the one we have, they have the words with us. So, of course, you know I'm bopping to it. Yes. Like, I'm reading the words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, talking about music and Christmas music, I would recommend that people go and become involved in a choir to, mm. sing, to sing this mm-hmm. time of year. Honestly, it's so much fun. It is really fun. And... Nice thing about your little brain. It stretches your brain and your talents. And the fact of the matter is we too often now in our modern world have people sing for us mm-hmm. and we become passive. Passive. Yeah. And if if you can get the opportunity to sing, yeah, you'll just, notice yeah. I, I think once you appreciate the fact that your voice is is beautiful for what it is mm-hmm. and that you can make it even better over time. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, and that God made every voice. Like, that's, yeah. like, that's beautiful in itself. Yeah, like it's, and it that's has the it beauty of a choir. Beauty. Yeah. Because it blends it all together. Yeah. I think you'll like this one because it has um, a little, some pieces have that sacred harp feel to it. Yes. I love that. So I think I think you'll really enjoy this. I think to my detriment, I think I, I try to sing like it's a Sacred Heart Choir when I sing in choir. You, should, you and I should join a Sacred Harp Choir, honestly. We should start one. Start, just start one. They have some in Kalamazoo. We should, I know. We should, start, we should go. Because I don't know how to read the music. I know but, how to move my arm. Yeah. We, we got that down. Yeah. Uh, but there's a little bit more to it. But I, I think know. that would be really fun. Maybe we'll do that. Someday. Someday. Someday, I hope. To build on it. He was an idiot, but I loved him. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Is is number two.
Yes. Uh, because... This one sparks joy. It's so good. I mean, Vince Guaraldi trio is just... It's just amazing. Uh, and, and you have... Four of the best musicians. <laughs> Why do I put up with you? Because I'm cute. The music uh, and the and the and Charlie Brown Christmas short goes so hand in hand. Like you can see, at least I can see the short while listening yeah. to the music. You can't have one. You can't have none. You can't have one without the other. That being said, the the music has its own inherent joy to yeah. it and beauty to it. And I really love the the arrangements and uh, yeah. So and I, I when, would recommend getting the soundtrack to the to the short. Charlie Brown Christmas is such a beautiful story and it's told so well. And I love shorts, like um, short films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love when he gets the little Christmas tree and he picks out the oh, the, the forlorn one. Yes, and he just wants to nurture it and they decor- he decorates it with one. And I killed it. <laughs> I killed it! Good grief. <laughs> uh, but how, like, they all band together because they see how distraught he is and then yeah. they fix up the tree. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how they fixed up that tree to look like that, but, you know, a little <laughs> magic. A little bit of magic. A little Christmas magic. No, I, I, it's, I really love Charlie Brown Christmas, and it's fun to be able to listen to the music mm-hmm. on, on repeat. Speaking about things put on repeat, <laughs> this is Megan's absolute favorite. This is my absolute favorite. Is it not yours ab- absolute favorite? I don't know. I mean, I think maybe the uh, the Carols one might become my absolute favorite. You've never yeah. heard it. I know, but I just you, did, I sold, you, it really you well. sold it really oh, well. Oh, thanks. Yeah. My absolute favorite Christmas album is Diana Krall's Christmas Songs. <laughs> through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh or the fields we go laughing all the way bells on bob tilting making spirits bright what fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight oh jingle bells jingle bells a jingle all the way oh what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh hey I'll be home for Christmas You can plan on me Please have snow and presents on the tree. Hey, 
I just came back from a lovely trip along the Milky Way. I stopped off at the North Pole to spend a holiday. I called on dear old Santa Claus to see what I could see. He took me to his workshop and told his plans to me. Which I enjoy, um, and but I think actually this is some of her best singing, to be honest. Like if we we yeah. ranked all of her albums, actually I think that would be such a fun podcast if we listen to every Diana Krall album. Okay, that's a lot of albums. Them. It is a lot of albums, and they're diverse. But this is so this is such a fun one, and the arrangements are perfect. And you're gonna get all the songs like Jingle Bells, Let Us Know, the Christmas song, Winter Wonderland. Like these are like the quintessential. Christmas yeah. songs, holiday season songs, and I like if you if you said to me you can only have one Christmas CD, it would be this one. No more needs to be said. You don't have anything to say about it. Besides the fact that it will <laughs> forever live in your brain because I yeah. played it so often. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it it's what's cool about it is um. It's all the classic Christmas songs done in a, a new enough way mm-hmm. and um, while still keeping the integrity of the song. Yeah. Pumps me up. That's how I how I get through all the, the holiday cooking. <laughs> Just blast this sucker on and away right. you go. Do you have that, that music? Like when you're like, I'm low energy, you need to put music on and then it really Oh, helps. yeah. I, I once worked with a guy who said that that wasn't real. Like it, he said so, that wasn't real. So he says, like, it's... I don't know if it was it was some kind of stoic kind of aversion to having any external stimuli. <laughs> but he's like, it just seems fake that it you... It seems fake. Dopamine, just, dopamine is fake. Well, it's, it's not a real chemical in It was your like, body. you just can't do that. I was like, but you, you actually can't do it. Like, <laughs> you see me turning the radio up? Like, I just... Yeah, I, I just did. It's like... You can't do that. I, I got a sign here. I got a permit. It says I can't. This just says I can do what I want. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. With that, we will move on. Move and rise along. Move and rise along. Move and rise along. Move and rise along. 
two books. Coming in at number five. No, four. it's four. Okay. It's four. Uh, because, uh, yeah, that's what we did. That's what we came up with. So I have here um, by Dorothy Sayers, The Man Born to be King. And I'll just read the back of it for you. Ha, ha, ha. Because I'm lazy. But if we hadn't told you that, it would have sounded like a really good write-up that we came up with by ourselves. Oh, good point. Yeah. I totally could have done that. Yeah, and you still can. You can edit it out. <gasps> good point. Yeah. Ooh. But now you have to leave that in so that people know. I know, know because it. then people know. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's, it's life. We're transparent. Like a wall. <laughs> but what's the opposite of a wall? You said it was a mirror, and I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Did you understand the whole mirror conundrum? Did anybody understand the mirror conundrum? What's the opposite of a mirror? I still think it's the image in the mirror. But you said it's a wall because there's a wall behind the image. No, I thought... Did I say the opposite of a mirror was a wall? Yeah. I now think it's a black hole. What? Emptiness. Emptiness? Because, like, it's the void, right? So, like, if a mirror you look at and it looks back, then the opposite would be the void where Mm -hmm. you look into it and nothing looks back. Oh, because you're looking into the mirror. The opposite of looking in would be the void because the void looks back at you. Yeah. Something like that. Well, that's better than a wall. I'm happy with that. I'll okay. take it. Okay. See? Growth. Personal growth. <laughs> uh, one of the most popular of Sayers' works, this famous play cycle was originally written for broadcasting and was performed very successfully on BBC. Based on the Gospels and completely faithful to the inspired accounts of Christ's life, Sayers adds unrecorded conversations, minor characters, and all the details that give concreteness to the gospel accounts. She does this in such a realistic and engaging manner that the whole gospel story comes alive as an actual event taking place in our midst. This is inspiring reading by a great Christian writer. Do you remember reading the book? I think it's by Peter Mayer. M. Bunch of vowels. Um. Mayer or Meyer? Meyer. It might have been Meyer. Um, but it wasn't spelt like our Stormeyer. Right. Anyways, by Pont- like about Pontius Pilate. Yeah. This kind of gives me that feel, but like about the Christmas story. Yeah. Uh, where it gets kind of into the political and you kind of get more of the background of, of wise men and, and the political setting of everything as well. And Herod. And Herod. And yes. Okay. Uh, and. Is it written like a play? Yeah. It's written as a play. It's a radio play. Okay. Uh, and so that's something that knocked it down a little bit lower on the list here because some people don't enjoy reading plays. I actually kind of like it, and I find this is easier than something like Shakespeare because there's more information because it's radio. Like, you're not trying to interpret how would you stage it and, like... Yeah. Do you interpret the words this way? And like, they tell the body you a lot language, more. But they tell you more because it was for radio play. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was really fun to read. It is a bit of a thick book. I think it would have been... I think it was um, like given out in sections. The third play. So there's a number of plays in each... In, in the book. It's Okay. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Anyways... <laughs> There's multiple plays There's multiple under parts. the title of yeah. The Man Born to be King. It's a mini-series. 
Exactly. There we go. Thank you. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I thought it was really beautiful and I want to reread it. Uh, that's, uh, hopefully next year I will reread it. I'm, I ran out of time this year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, and I, maybe I'll pass it on to you so you can read it. Sounds good. Great. I was reading some of Elliot's poems today. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's The Journey of the Magi, which is a fantastic Christmas poem. It is. I almost want to read it again for... Uh... Do you want to read it out loud here? Yeah. Okay. We're not going in order, apparently, anymore, but... Well, I, do, I didn't know if we had a strong order for the books. Well, we didn't really, actually, so... Journey of the Magi. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year. For a journey, and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter, and the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow, there were times we regretted, the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, the silken girls bringing sherbet, then the camel men cursing and grumbling, and running away and wanting their liquor and women, and the night fires going out in the lack of shelters, and the cities hostile, and the towns unfriendly, and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches, with the voices singing in our ears, saying, this was all folly. Then at dawn we came down to a temperate valley, wet, below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel. Six hands at an open door, dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, and we continued. And arrived at evening, not a moment too soon. Finding the place, it was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember. And I would do it again. But set this down, set this down. This, where we led all that way for birth or death. There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We return to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. I love that one. I know, it's so great. Yeah. Need yeah. more be said. No. No more need be said. No. Um, are there more uh, Christmas poems i guess would would be my only questions that people people can look up um the aerial poems journey of the magi song for simeon and amula marina the cultivation of christmas trees yeah which we read at the beginning so he has he has a number of them yes and uh speaking of poetry i 
just finished reading, doing a quick reading, which is always a little bit sad when you do that to poetry, I find, um, of W.H. Yeah, the, the style of writing, which is really the most complex and requires the most meditation. Let's yeah. just burn through this let's real quick. Burn, let's burn through this, what, I think 69-page 60, poem? No, Beautiful. not that long. 65-page 60, poem. And uh, it's, it's W.H. Odd, and it's for the time being, a Christmas oratorio. And there is so much going on in this that... I'm like, dude, I just want to read it all over again right away. Uh, but I had this feeling, and it's besides like just stopping and just like totally enjoying the language and being like, wow, there's so much in here that I'm not, like, I'm understanding it, but I'm like... I'm not getting it fully. Well, no, like, I, like, you get it, but you're just like, well, that's the thing with poetry is like, you can't explain it to somebody when it's like someone asks yeah. like what you mean, and I'm like, I could... Next year, after I like read this and reread it, uh, and so you you get it, but you know you're getting it on a cursory level. Yeah. But the feeling I had while reading it was just this level of excitement that I felt when I was reading Lost in the Cosmos. Okay. There was something about this, is that it seems simple. And I'm totally getting this, but there's so much more going on and there's like this excitement and it's, it's heady. Yeah. It's heady, not in the sense of cerebral, but it's heady in the sense of, it's like that grog. Like it's, it's the, it's, it's like a heady wine. It's like a heady wine. And you're like, whoa, how do I take this all in? And it's so flavorful and so good, uh, but so strong too. And there it's it's philosophical it has all these references to the garden of eden and how that relates uh to the birth of jesus and how and he's like transposing it into modern day but then sometimes it's not modern day gotcha and it it deals with the war but doesn't deal with the war uh world war ii i should say um and and so there's just yeah it's such a ambitious project uh and to have it so so finished like so well done uh there was one part of the wise men i thought i might read the first wise man to break down her defenses and profit from the vision that plain men can predict through and assesses of their senses with rack and screw i put nature through a thorough inquisition but she was so afraid that if i were disappointed i should hurt her more than her answers were disjointed i did i didn't i will i won't she is just as big a liar in fact as we are to discover how to be truthful now is the reason i follow this star the second wise man my faith that in time's constant flow lay real assurance broke down on this analysis at any given instant all solids dissolve no wheels revolve and facts have no endurance and who knows if it is by design or pure inadvertence that the present destroys its inherited self-importance 
with envy, terror, rage, regret. We anticipate or remember, but never are. To discover how to be living now is the reason I follow this star. The third wise man. Observing how myopic is the Venus of the Soma, the concept ought would make, I thought, our passions the philanthropic and rectify in the sensual eye both lens flare and lens coma. But arriving at the greatest good by introspection and counting the great number left no time for affection, laughter, kisses, squeezing, smiles. And I learned why the learned are so despised as they are. To discover how to be loving now is the reason I followed this star. The Three Wise Men The weather has been awful. The countryside is dreary. Marsh, jungle, rock, the echoes mock, calling our hope unlawful. But a silly song can help along, yours ever and sincerely. At least we know for certain that we are three old sinners, that this journey is much too long, that we want our dinners and miss our wives, our books, our dogs, but have only the vaguest idea why we are what we are. To discover how to be human now is the reason we follow this star. Well, that's exciting. I just thought that was really... That is like why well, each it, one of them followed the star and how, you know, they're each, each of their reasons. Uh, and I, it's a really exciting oratorio poem to, to, to read, uh, because he keeps changing the form, uh, okay. cause there's different people speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and there's a narrator and he's, he talks different. So there's all these different voices. And so it makes it a very exciting poem to to read and there's just a lot going on in there and I think you'll really enjoy it uh, and I um, we had one more that we we're going to throw in there yeah what was that <laughs> Athanasius on the uh, incarnation on the incarnation oh yeah we read this quite some time ago in school mm-hmm. a long long time ago but it is a I've read um points out of it since then but not the whole book it's, itself yeah and it, it's not a long book it's more like a pamphlet really yeah but um athanasius was of course an early church father and what there was a lot of in the early church there was a lot of argument about the nature of christ and about of course the trinity and um so that's really what he's dealing with there and it's pretty it's very important because it it's definitely sets the stage for how we have come to understand Mm -hmm. who who jesus was yeah and is yeah and i i think just i uh, you say the word you know athanasius that sounds intimidating early church father i don't know theology i i feel like people get quickly uh we're so used to reading tertiary sources mm-hmm. that we think primary sources are hard to read. Oh. And sometimes that is the case, but a lot of times they're easier than you may think if you just give it a try. 
But they may be easier than the tertiary sources. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, uh, I'm reading Augustine, and he's not difficult to read. No. Well, the words are not difficult to read. Sometimes the concepts are sure. hard to fully wrap your mind around. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Why? What part are you at? I'm not yet at time. Oh, okay. I was no. wondering. Time after time. I'm still at the autobiography. I still, it's weird, but like, again, that was a book a little bit like Lost in the Cosmos, where, like, you get it, but it's hard to explain back. Yeah. Like, uh, that's a fair way to put it. You, like, you get it in your brain, and then people are like, well, what does it mean? And you're like, and you just keep rereading the same section to them. You're yeah. Like, that's the only way I can understand it, and I, you just have to keep working with the material until you become able to put it into your own words yes um but it will or your come. own words change yeah but like to be able to like explain it to somebody else like yeah. teach it like that will come with you fully and like yes fully understanding it it's like you all like it's like i got it i got it i, got, I ain't got it right <laughs> it's one of those moments it's like the difference okay. it's the difference between somebody who knows how a a nuclear reactor works and has built one versus somebody who just kind of heard a story about how it works. Or there's Denise Richards. I would, um, the yeah. world is not enough. The nuclear <laughs> reactor is reacting. There's that too. Yeah. So there's like the tiers. There's levels yeah. of yeah, <laughs> understanding. And then like at the bottom, there's Denise Richards. Christmas Jones. Christmas Jones! Uh, huh? Right on. Right on, brother. <laughs> We'll just change our uh, Christmas list. We'll, we'll put that at number one. The world is not enough. Awesome. Okay. Uh, speaking of movies, uh, shall we shall we go on to movies? I mean, yes. I really need to set the timer because we just start rambling about movies forever. Um, I say we. We. I, we. I, I was going to be good. I was yeah. going to admit that freely. It's my fault. Yeah. It is your fault. Uh, okay. Anyways. So... Embrace the inner childlike joy of Christmas. What, <laughs> what is the Muppets Christmas Carol? <laughs> Muppets. What? <laughs> you said Muppets, but it almost was Muffets. <laughs> the Muffets! The Muffets! It's the Muffet Show, and we're the Muffets. This should be like, we should make a YouTube video of that. <laughs> Wait, you mean like a Muppet? No! It's a Muffet! <laughs> Instead of a frog being in love with a pig, it's a pig being in love with a frog. That'll show them. Oh, but why Why did we, we choose? I, I think it was just we had to pick a Christmas carol. Yes. But why the Muppets Christmas carol? Um, one, I think it's because the Christmas carol really is a kid's story, so mm-hmm. it's... It, it, it's well suited to them. Yeah. In a way, I, I I don't think I'm totally off the wall. I was being a little bit flippant when I said that at first, but now I've, I've thought about it. I mean, he, Dickens, yeah, I think I, like it's to be told to everyone. He wanted yeah. more stories told at Christmas, so he's like, oh, I guess I better write one. Yeah. Uh, and and so I think saying that, I, and that definitely, I think we picked this partly because your family, like, most people's family would enjoy watching it, like, with little kids. Like, they would enjoy yes. watching all 
the Muppets. And yet, I I love the Muppets. I don't think the Muppets are, are silly in the way that they're um, trivial. Or frivolous. Or frivolous. I think they're funny. Yeah. And they're silly. Yeah. Because they're puppets. Uh, but I don't think they're trivial. Uh, but I think another thing that really impressed me with the Muppets Christmas Carol uh, is the details they put into the costumes for the Muppets. And yes. for the, the human actors as well. Uh, that they made it feel like the texture of it and the sets and everything felt very Dickensian. Um, I won't say Victorian because I think Dickens has his own rose-colored glasses that yeah. uh, he made for his his books. And not rose-colored glasses in the way that everything's better, but that it's Dickens' lens. I don't it, know. That didn't come out clearly. but you No, know, it, it, it is his own special quasi-romantic view of the world. Yeah. And it is, is... When you say Dickens, you get very much... Uh, a London view of mm-hmm. England, and you you see top hats and yep. coats with long coattails, the coat and, waists. Yes. Yeah. So, but I think also another thing that's really oh, so I think it's great how close they stay to the book in terms of keeping all the good parts. <laughs> um, but also, Michael Caine is mm-hmm. tremendous in it. So Michael Caine is just tremendous, and he understood how to act with Muppets, which the Muppet movie established, but they kind of lost along the way, where you have these very good actors interacting with Muppets like they're humans, like like there's Mm -hmm. no barrier whatsoever. There's no wink and a nod to the camera at all. Um, what? That's the only weird. Thing is from the, the only thing is from the narrator, Gonzo, is a little bit yeah. more interactive with the audience. Well, you can break the fourth wall, right, without it being a wink and a nod. But the, the human actors don't. Right. You're correct. So it's kind of like the Muppets are in on the secret, but the humans are, are completely oblivious to what's going on. That's an on. interesting point. And uh, I think that also is what makes Muppets so relatable is that we are in tune with the Muppets and the Muppets are in tune with the audience, whereas the human actors are just doing their thing and they just think having Muppets everywhere is totally normal. Yeah. Whereas Muppets are kind of like, this isn't normal. We're not normal. You are all weirdos. You are all weirdos. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I think Michael Caine is, is perfect. Absolutely perfect. You could not ask for a better Scrooge. Unless you were to watch the George C. Scott uh, made-for-television version. I yeah. think it came out in the 70s. That is also very good. Straight drama. Like That is just yeah, straight it's book. Just the... uh, but uh, I think if you're going to watch A Christmas Carol, those two would serve you well. The next one, A Man Brought to Faith by a Baby. What is Three Godfathers? So, this is a movie directed by John Ford uh, with John Wayne. Uh, it is and... not to be confused with the Godfather trilogy.
because you sent a text to me, you need to watch Three Godfathers, mm-hmm. and Michelle freaked out because she thought we had to watch all three of the Godfather movies. Yeah, which is like, what, nine hours? Nine hours of movies. <laughs> it's not nine hours, but it's pretty close. It's very long. Yeah. And we had a day to do it. So. Yeah. How did she see your text? I showed it to her. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, no context. Yes. You don't know what we're talking about. Look at this. That's hilarious. That's how I. Just, that's, that's how you that's, roll. That's how I do communication. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so the Three Godfathers uh, is a story of of the Magi in a way, and then like coming to faith. But they're not going to seek the baby, but they find ba- it. The baby's foisted upon them. It is, yeah. And especially John Wayne's character has to deal with his unbelief. Yeah. Um, and there's many signs, and there's many. Uh, like, I, I would think the kid getting shot, like, he's kind of like a sign in, like, the way he dies. and Yeah. And it, it is interesting, like, it's all about whether he do, he is going to have a change of heart. Yeah. And, like, he, because he's yeah, the most they're hardened. they're robbers. They're, the, they're, they're bank three, robbers. They're three bank robbers, and then they're out in the desert. And the John Wayne character is the most hardened character. Yeah. And, like... It's interesting because he's a bank robber, but you wouldn't say that he's a bad guy in the sense that he's... No, and, like, before, like, this is the biggest job that they've done. They usually just do a few cattle here and there. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, this is their moment, and it's it's around Christmas time, and then they find the baby, and they have to bring the baby through the desert. Yes. And I, I just think the way that he, Ford has it where he is he uh that the John Wayne character Bob is constantly like once there's the baby in the picture he's constantly confronted with the bible and he keeps throwing it away and picking it up and yeah uh he doesn't know what to do with it and but a vet, like you know and then there there's a change and uh so i th- i think it's a really nice different style of of christmas movie like it's one that I think you could watch outside of the season and you would be totally cool with it. Yeah. And it's not to say that it's the greatest movie ever made either. I think I think it has some... It's not... No, it's not... No, it's not Ford's strongest. But it's still a nice, like a beautifully shot movie. It's, it's, and... I, I love how desolate it is. Like how yes. like they are going through the desert. Yeah. Uh, it feels different than... Even, like, his Monument Valley. Like, yes, that's mm-hmm. dry, but, like, you have such imposing, monuments. beautiful monuments huh, in it. Whereas this is, like, there's nothing. There's just sand. sand. There's just yep. this wasteland. Uh, is it indeed that he has to go to New Jerusalem? Like, that's yes. the town he ends up going to with the yep. baby is New Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think the movie is actually well-paced. The only thing is I think sometimes, the, like, the baby, them trying to figure out how to feed the baby and stuff like that. Um, have you have you seen the Tom Selleck movie Three Men and a Baby? No. Okay, so it's kind of like that vibe for anyone who's seen that movie. When the yeah. three guys are stuck with the baby, they're kind of like a scene, kind yeah. of similar to that. And then, but I think overall it's well paced and it's not too long. Right. Like it's not a movie that would do well any longer than it is. No. So that's that's good editing, and I'm glad yeah. they they did it that way. But yeah, beautiful movie, fun take on the Magi. The number three is Sacrifice 
makes a meaningful, good life. What is a wonderful life? I guess I could rewrite that as like meaningful, good existence. But that's basically the same thing. Sounds like Jordan Peterson. Is it? Yeah. That's hilarious. We should show him this movie. I'm sure he's seen it. (laughs) Are you not getting the sarcasm, Edwin? (laughs) What makes It's a Wonderful Life a wonderful movie is the pairing of Capra with James Stewart. Uh, That... Uh, Capra is master at bringing these characters really low and yet having like sweet sentimentality thrown in and yet there's this edge, there's this darkness. Yeah. And Jimmy Stewart is really good at that as well, that he can switch on a dime, like he can be really good old boy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he can be... On the verge of committing suicide. Or murder. Or murder. Like, it, it gets really dark. Yeah, he do- yeah, he does, doesn't he? Does anyone... Mur- he- well, he wants to beat the, the crap out of his uh, uncle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's what makes this movie so lasting. Like that, uh, And I love that it's filmed in black and white. Because, again, you have that contrast. And yeah. like you throw the snow in there, too. That's going to glisten. And then you have dark shadows thrown yeah. in there. Uh, I don't think that would pop in color. No. And a lot of it's at night. And I still don't think night does that well on, on color. But that's a whole side tangent. Yeah, compared to black and white, it's, it's very hard. hard. But also, like, the crispness between the different... There's a yeah, reason... Yeah, there's that... Cr- yeah. yeah. If, if, to me, like, when you watch it, you can feel, like, the snow crunching. Because, like, yeah. there's that crisp light and dark. Like, there's those shadows. But I, I think that fits the movie, though, because there's, like, the beautiful falling snow, but then there's the darkness. Yeah, it's like, kind of the, the inner turmoil. So, I... And I... Another thing that's my favorite about It's a Wonderful Life is that... The villain, Potter, never changes. Right. I think that's so important. And he's not really defeated at the end. The he's only, not at all. The only thing... The only ahead. thing is the reason he's defeated is that the fact that the community does pull around mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Stewart. And he didn't see that yeah. happening. And he wants to own Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Like that's, he wants to own the town. He wants to own the town and wants to... Pottersville... And so, yeah, that that is slightly his comeuppance, but it's not... Like, he just disappears from the movie. Like, it's like he doesn't even exist anymore. Right. Um, because And, and that's... I, and not, like, the, the, the threat of Potter is so predominant through the whole film. And then George goes on this journey, and it's like Potter is slowly, like, drifting away that he doesn't matter anymore and that the Potters will always be Potter. Like, that they're always going to do the stuff that they do. They're always going to steal your money. Yeah. But what matters is the life that you've built, that you've had integrity, that you have these people that love you. Yeah. And that's the, like, Potter doesn't have anyone who loves him. I, I think that he's a cripple is meaningful in the way like he's he's deformed well i mean he's the 
he's the devil. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's he's grotesque. And I mean, that's the thing, too, with the ending. It, it's like when there is that, that resurrection, then it doesn't matter anymore what the devil's trying to do. Yes. I like that the, there's no, like, oh, and look at Potter sitting in his cold house or whatever. Right. Like, there's, like, nothing about Potter. Like, yeah. we're just done with him. He doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Uh, and also that George helps yet another person. He helps Clarence get his wings. Yeah. Uh, and so all through his life, George keeps helping everybody. Yes. Uh, even even the angel that helps him. Yeah. George helps. Yeah. Well, and then that's that's the way that he the angel keeps him from committing suicide, mm-hmm. is by basically trying to do the thing that jump off the bridge. Yeah. Which is is really funny. Yeah, it is. But what it awakened in in. What awakened in George is is that innate wanting to be helpful. Yeah. To do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one thing that always makes me feel kind of sad about the movie, um, and like time travel, you can't think about it too much about. Oh. You know, right. like if the, if he, ha- if he hadn't the, like if he hadn't been there, would that really have been the outcome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, you can't think about that too much, but. Because that's just in the world of the movie, and you got to accept it. And I think that does a good job immersing you. Like, you don't think about it until afterwards. Yeah. But the one thing I feel sad about is now he's has to live his life. Now he knows it's a wonderful life, but he can't go back and live his previous life knowing it's a wonderful life. Which you're like, that's a weird thing to be sad about. But now he's like always going to remember, like, yes, my life is wonderful, but there's a time I didn't think it was wonderful. But do you think that makes his life more wonderful? That he didn't know it was wonderful and now it is? It should make him extremely grateful. Yeah. But, like, all the time he just felt, like, suffering and claustrophobic and, like, he wanted to get out of this town. Yeah. He can never get that back of, like, he was... All those wasted years? Those years of, like, he... Yeah. Yeah, but just be thankful that... I think he just needs to be thankful that it wasn't... Well, of course he needs yeah. to be thankful. <laughs> we all need to be thankful. Yeah, that's on. what I'm saying. Come on, son. Come on, son. But I don't know. Maybe that's a weird thing to say. No, it, it's interesting. It's 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 like the conversation some people have. Like, oh, I wish that I had the same... Um, enthusiasm that people who come to faith later in life Mm, had mm -hmm. and they can almost wish that they were born outside of the church which is a silly thing to to wish for because it is is much much greater to have always Mm -hmm. known god and and his love and Mm -hmm. have felt that than to have been on the outside is that the same kind of comparison? I don't know. Maybe it is. It's not in the movie. It's just something I randomly think about when, watch, when See, watching it. Really? So, like, what so I like, think but like, about... I guess every memory would be changed, though, because yeah. now he thinks of it as it was wonderful. Yeah. And then... It had a purpose. It had a purpose in all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the thing that, that George learns... What is the failing of George? George takes care of his family. George takes care of others. George is already self-sacrificing. 
His problem is that he doesn't see that that makes his life wonderful. That his broken house is wonderful. That his... Yeah. You know, that the taxi driver and whatever guy is singing outside on his honeymoon when he wanted to go someplace else. But he doesn't see that that's the magic. Right. So it's, it's interesting to me that his failing is that he doesn't see how wonderful his life is. Yeah. Not that he has to do anything different in his life besides yeah. see. the parameters he sees it in or the, the, the paradigm? The framework. Framework. But, I mean, the fact that you see it in a completely different light changes your life. Yeah. And that that's kind of a little bit what you're talking about, how now his whole life has changed because of one moment. Yeah. But I don't think that's to be lamented in George's case because... Right. He now sees that it, it was all good and exactly. is good. Yeah. Okay. One could say wonderful. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Okay, so what's number what's number four? You always switch back and I forth. I switch back and forth, so you just have to say, and I'll go with whatever you say. A man alienated by death gets incorporated into a family. What is lethal weapon? Well, that was a pretty good synopsis right there. Thank Megan. you. Um, I thought that was the, my most brilliant, actually. It was. It, some people would think, really, it's not the Christmas movie. It just is around Christmas time. Yeah, but the setting is what makes it, like... Okay, never mind. Yeah, go ahead. Get, well, get angry. I just... Okay, Get ahead. salty. Get salty. Ooh, I'm a salty sailor dog. Oof, 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 oof. Well, I'm like, obviously the setting is what makes it a Christmas movie. Like, all of these things, all of these movies are set around Christmas. Like, that's yeah. the setting. But you could set it someplace else and have the same moral. Yeah. Right? You could you could have somebody learn that his life is wonderful and take it outside of Christmas. Now, I think that it's around Christmas makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a good choice. But it's the setting. And I think that lethal weapon is set at Christmas makes it a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, so, and that there's this this idea of, of rebirth. Uh, both main characters start naked when we first see them. Yeah. Uh, there's a birthday for Raj, but there's, there's Christmas trees. Oh, they're watching Looney Tunes Christmas specials. Uh, there's Christmas decorations. They're in, um, Martin is invited to Raj's house for holiday dinners. Yep. Um, so I don't, you know, it gets, it gets pretty Christmassy pretty fast in my opinion. Yeah. He's selling Christmas. Well, he, he's he's not selling selling Christmas Christmas trees. There's a scene at a Christmas tree lot. Yes. I couldn't think of the word either. <laughs> they keep going back and forth between Raj and and Martin, played by Mel Gibson, Roger, played by Danny Glover. Interesting, it's another movie that deals even more strongly than It's a Wonderful Life with suicide. Yes. Which yes. I think is fair. I think that's a Christmas theme. Again, I think that's a very Christmas theme. Not because I think that because it's Christmas time we want to kill ourselves. I think it's because if we don't have... If Christ didn't come, that would be the state of humanity, right? It it would be that despair. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, like, I I think... um, 
<laughs> not to pat myself on the back, but the man alienated by death. Well, the thing is because he's the lethal weapon, right? Yeah. So, and, and Raj has complained about him. It's like, can you go a day without shooting somebody? Like, can you go a day without killing him? Yeah. And he can't. And also, though, he's associated with death because of his wife, like his yeah. wife dying. Uh, that, so he's he's separated by death. And yet, at the end, he is incorporated into Raj's family, which I think is really beautiful. And I, I, I guess, you know, tie into Christmas, right? It's that we are outside, like we were, you know, alienated. Yeah, we were and cast out. We're cast out, uh, but because Jesus Christ was born and that he died, now we are incorporated. Yeah. Into God's family. And if you think about that, Martin is cast out, right? Like nobody wants to work with him. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, he, he. Nobody wants to work with him. Everybody thinks he's he's not. Well, he is nuts. He he's is, broken. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Roger's just getting too old for this stuff. <laughs> Such a good line. Such a good line. I mean, like, and there's also like Martin like pretends to die. I thought that was kind of significant. Yes comes back to life nope. also i liked the line of like there are no more heroes and then in comes martin yeah <laughs> thought that was that was a good timing that was good i liked that that was good um oh also he's watching family feud in the beginning martin oh right did you notice that i did not really so yeah i thought that was cool that's cool which could totally just be me reading into stuff but like anytime there's a tv on i'm like want to know no, what's on the tv, what's on well, the TV. it wasn't by accident like somebody had to pick that yeah every yeah everything in a movie is picked by somebody so somebody was using their brain cells yeah let's do what one shepherd said to the other shepherd what let's get the flock out of here uh and the and the last one and it is one that like flip-flops with the flip-flops between i can't decide which one is more christmasy because i think if you count all the christmas references it would even out and actually the producer of is the same producer for both these movies yeah and he was really smart he's like hey if we set it at christmas they're gonna rerun it every year and we're gonna make royalties on it big time big time and he was totally right and uh so our, our last one is a lone man taking on the evils of the world. What is Die Hard? Ding, ding, ding. Welcome to the party, pal! So as you can see with our last two movies, we kind of lost the realm of family-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> but... Unless your fam family's older. Yeah you, can, yeah, you can have an older family. Yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to. <laughs> but uh, what, what makes this a, a Christmas movie? Uh, the fact that it takes place at a Christmas party. Okay, but that's that we that's setting. We gotta go beyond setting. Oh, beyond setting. I yeah. It is a story of redemption. Mm. Because <laughs> we do Muppet noises all the time. Like you said, you said redemption like a Muppet. I know, I went, mm, like a Muppet. <laughs> I know. We're just Muppets. We're not actually people. Muffets. We're Mu Muffets. Oh, we're Muffets because yeah. we're the off-brand. Yeah. Muppet. We couldn't afford a Muppet. Okay. You are all weirdos. Ugh. Hans Gruber is a thief, but he pretends he's a terrorist. And he kind of, at this one point, like, names all of these 
sects of terrorism that you know are around the globe and he's like oh you have to free this person and that person and this person and a really funny scene is like well, who's that like, i don't know i read it in time magazine yeah so that's where i think is like is one man against the world which yes. i think there's a christ imagery in that and that's uh further propelled in that there's kind of he's he's like his like how bloody he gets I, I don't know. I feel like there's kind of this... Oh, yeah. Well, suffering these uh, trials. McLean, he gets beat up. He gets... Yeah, and like the feet and... He is very much the the wounded hero. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the suffering the suffering one. And in that climactic moment of when Holly and Gruber are trying to escape... Or Gruber's trying to escape and he has Holly. Yeah. And mclean only has like one bullet left and he sees the gift wrapping station yep which he uses so he's kind of wrapped up like a present in a way and that he hobbles into the scene and holly says christ i don't see how you could read that that not purposeful right there and that he is the gift that saves her right no, I, I I totally agree, and, and there's there's he he isn't just he's also has to be a repentant hero and yes. back yeah because he's life. a broken hero like he's yeah. not a good guy at the beginning right it's kind of like it, it got cut a little bit uh by the very opening like he's making eyes at the stewardess yeah you know and he's not been supportive husband. Like they've they've not been able to reconcile their marriage. Yeah, and they've not been able to reconcile what what each one of them wants. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not saying like necessarily they would have to decide like to do whatever Holly wants, but like they're not able to communicate at all at yeah. this point. They just keep getting mad at each other. They're at loggerheads. Loggerheads. Yeah. And I mean, the moment he he sees her. Mm-hmm. They get into a little. Spat. They get into it. I know, and he's like, you know, driving up. He's like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, say all the right things. I'm gonna be calm. I'm gonna be yeah. cool. I'm gonna make the the fists in the carpet with my yeah. toes, and then things dissolve so quickly. Yeah, and I love how it's written. Like, just like you can tell that at first they're trying to both be good and both be nice, and then he just says something that sets her off, and she digs at him, and then he digs even harder. And then she leaves the room and him banging his head against the door jam saying, oh, real mature, John. Yeah. It's perfect. And talking about, like, gifts in that scene, like, the well, I'll call it the, the gift scene now. Okay. Because <laughs> why not? I, it's my podcast. You I can, can, I can name want. it what I want. <laughs> it's my party and I cry if I want to But she has to lose the watch that was a gift from the company. Yeah. So she has to give something up too. Yeah. Uh, because that's what Hans Gruber is holding on to, and then John releases the snap, and then he falls. I, I think that is significant because they clearly yeah. make a big point of the watch that. Right. Explaining how she got the watch and such. Oh yeah, and and that's the thing with the movie. It's it's well done because it's all ties up all the loose ends. It's a tight script. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they just have wonderful li- lines like, you asked for miracles, I give you the FBI. You ask for miracles, dear, I give you the FBI. Yeah. I, it's just, 
oh, it's, it's fun. And they have Argyle and, yeah. I, yeah. I just really like Die Hard. Uh, yeah. No, I really th- like Lethal Weapon. Again, those are both movies that you can watch year-round. It but it hits different at Christmas time. I don't know. Yeah. You see the c- Christmas connections more? I don't know. I do. I enjoy it, watching it. Me too. But maybe it's because, like, cable has just, like, hardwired our brains or rewired our brains that we, because they always play around this time of year. So then oh. we're like, oh. Yeah, maybe. But maybe it's just a good story that I fits well is, with the season. I think it is a good story. Uh, and so that is our conclusion. For man is a giddy thing. And this is my conclusion. Those are, what did we end up with? 14 things? 14 things that are Christmassy? Yeah. And uh, I guess we just hope that you have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Very Merry Christmas. Isn't it weird just how people say Happy Christmas? That's a very English thing to it say. It is, but then like you say Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. Right? I feel like you should say oh. something different. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. So have a happy Christmas and a Merry New Year. Indeed. Uh, from our ducks to yours. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you for, for listening and for hanging out with us. And we, I don't know, what do we do? We hope that this will inspire you to take a look at the things around you during Christmas time to see that the the joy that is the Christmas spirit is not some bubbling up, some forcing up of emotion, but really thankfulness for the one true gift of Jesus Christ. Stay Quacky. happy. I did it to you this time. Ha. I thought that was a nice ending. Thanks. <laughs>